listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. It's all the same shit all across the globe. I just sit back and watch the show. Watch everywhere that I go. Ain't the same as before. Watch people I used to know. Just don't know. Tell you one thing, this thing will make you want to lift weights, that's for sure. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> Every one of I, these movies, man. Them damn montages. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Why right. can't I like do a pull-up? What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> it's you know what gets me and people like in the it, it, listening to this to be like, you can't do push-ups, man. The 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 amount of push-ups that like fighters and things that it's unbelievable like the one that always fucks with me like they make it look so easy but i've tried and it's like just way harder than you'd ever possibly imagine jump roping oh i did it they'll sit there and just jump rope for hours like like it's nothing and i i get like 10 minutes for you and then i'm (sighs) that's yeah i i think the longest i've ever done is like 15 minutes on a jump rope and i was dripping sweat but the thing that i mean the other thing is too they don't ever trip on it or anything like that yeah you know how often i'll just like stumble doing a jump it's the most uncoordinated they couldn't make this movie with me because they'd be like are you serious can you even (laughs) can you walk there's like a boxer's step or whatever, like while you're jump roping. And like, I tried to teach it to myself and I just couldn't fucking do it. Like, I was like, what, how, how? <laughs> uh, welcome to the Wednesday podcast, episode 139. This week we were reviewing Creed 3, Creed the third. Where the arms wide open. C-R-3-E-D. Yeah, they should have. Why didn't they do that? Who can throw one three into the middle anyway? <laughs> um, I'm joined by as always by Dex Hinton. Uh, we will hopefully be joined by Teej here soon. Um, if not, I'll just go ahead and give you his review. He loved the movie, that was awesome. Uh, but I think we'll be joined by him here uh soon. Yeah, so we're talking Creed 3. Let's read the synopsis. Came out just uh just this past week, Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life. But when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face, uh, the face off is more than just a fight directed by Michael B. Jordan, his directorial debut, 7.4 debut. It is what a debut 7.4 on IMDb 74 meta score. It is an hour and 56 minutes long. It's rated PG 13. Um, right now it's like trending only as like the 34th most popularity in popularity ranking right now on the website. So that's interesting, um, that more people aren't looking at this movie because it's a secret hit or not even a secret. This is like, this was the release this week, but yeah, you know, um, Directed by Michael B. Jordan, written by Keenan Coogler, who is the brother, uh, I believe, of Ryan Coogler. Also, Zach Balin um, with a screenwriting credit on here as well. He's nominated for an Oscar for King Richard, but he also um, has written has written several other things. But uh, actually, he hasn't. This was his second. He wrote King Richard and he worked on like the 
art department of several other things, which is very interesting. So uh, congratulations to him getting on up there. Ryan Coogler also wrote the story for this as well and helped produce. So he's involved with these movies still. Stars Michael B. Jordan, uh, Jonathan Majors having himself a hell of a month. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Tessa Thompson is back. Uh, Wood Harris is back. Uh, Felicia Rashad and uh, Mila Davis Kent or Mila Davis Kent uh, as their daughter, Amara Creed. Uh, So good. So congratulations to her for landing this role. This has done numbers at the box office um, for a sports movie. Uh, Saw a tweet today that it is the first sports movie ever to gross $100 million worldwide um, in its opening weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Across the U.S. and Canada, $58 million box office gross. So very, very good numbers for, for this film. Um, has good critics reviews as well for Michael B. Jordan's first uh, directorial effort. 87% Rotten Tomatoes score, 96% audience score. Stepping out from Rocky Balboa's iconic shadow at last, the Creed franchise reasserts its champion status thanks to star Michael B. Jordan's punchy direction and a nuanced heel turn by Jonathan Majors. Dex, you love this movie? I think I love this movie. We don't, We can wax poetic about it for a while, but go ahead. First of all, I got to say, punchy direction, boo. Boo. (laughs) You know what? Oh, brother. (laughs) But uh, yeah, man, I love this movie. Incredible debut for Michael B. Jordan. I didn't think he had it in him, honestly. Like some of the stuff that he does in this movie, like you just wouldn't think that a rookie like director, director would make some of those choices. Like this movie uh first of all uh their daughter amara is deaf which is like a big part of the movie she's like one of the bigger like emotional pieces of this movie and like michael b jordan doesn't like force like the characters to talk to her while they're signing to her or anything like that they're literally just signing to her it's silent it's like very little music going on literally just like the the actors silently signing to their daughter communicating perfectly and like letting the audience live in that like quiet moment with them read the subtitles and see the actor's emotions and things like that you would think most of the time that like someone who was never directed before wouldn't want to do that like they would want to kind of they like tend to kind of want to keep the audience listening to something and like you know have sound going on but michael b jordan was like nope that's fine we can let this movie be quiet uh let the actors do their thing with their faces and like with asl you can read these subtitles you can handle it like and i thought like that's just such a dope choice out of him and it works really well their story's really emotional um you really enjoy michael b jordan's relationship with his daughter in this movie uh like i said it's one of the big like emotional pieces of the film um and then kind of just throughout the entire story even when it's not involving the daughter and like her deafness or whatever there's still like a lot of moments in this movie where it's just really quiet and michael b jordan jonathan majors are just kind of looking at each other and you know you can kind of tell what they want to say but that they're also like these big masculine men who can't express their feelings and that's like another big part of the story and that just 
works too you know uh in a lesser movie that kind of stuff is narrated or you know that stuff is cut a beat shorter or something like that but michael b jordan is like a good enough director to trust the audience and be like okay y'all can handle this little bit of tension and silence for maybe a second or two longer than other movies might let it be silent but then they get in the boxing ring and this shit is like loud again and uh jonathan majors and michael b jordan are beating the fuck out of each other and it's amazing <laughs> it's like some of the most compelling boxing i've ever seen in a movie right and, like the soundtrack is jamming like they're fucking there's a big sean song in here that i was like this is good <laughs> <laughs> which is rare <laughs> like there's like nipsey hustle songs and like el- like real like la music and shit that like makes it feel like you're in la with like some real la dudes who grew up there and are like f- from the street life and stuff like that and it works that dr dre on the intro of this movie like they play the watcher and i was sitting in the movie theater like fucking like getting into that shit like nodding my head and everything like i was like at home listening to music it's just so fucking good the training montage is great like there's just everything about this movie i like i don't only knock i might give it is that like you know some of the script could have been a little better like none of their lines are like super memorable or like all that cool they right. just like a little more mechanical that's like point a to point b in terms of like the dialogue but it's not a big nitpick at all like i give it an a i love this movie this shit rules um you, the the michael v jordan of it all is really crazy because normally to get a big franchise film like this which who's the big studio behind this is warner brothers it's an MGM. mg no M- mgm owns it who is owned uh, by who's owned by amazon so they used to be bleeding money now they're fine um <laughs> but to get handed a big franchise film like this which historically they haven't always had to make them for a ton of money um the they let stallone direct some of these rocky films after a while he kind of just turned it into his own his own thing (laughs) but to let somebody that hadn't directed anything not like a tv not a tv show not a music video not a independent film you know that he and another person stare at each other through a zoom call you know like they (laughs) he hadn't directed that it's like all right I'm going to get, I've probably, I don't know how much they spent on that, $50 million. Uh, and me and Jonathan Majors are going to beat the shit out of each other in Dodger Stadium. What? <laughs> and he doesn't fumble at all. Uh, I think maybe one of the things that he probably, and it, it's, a, it's a Creed movie, so it's going to focus on Adonis Creed. But... I think one of the things that maybe he was on, he was having to deliver a lot of the exposition um, and I'll carry a lot of the story and he's on camera a lot and look, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a Creed movie, but like, I think that you maybe even could have cut down your part a little bit more in sacrifice of 
having some of the other characters do some things. But again, it's a Creed movie. It's a Rocky movie. Like I'm not knocking that many points for, for it, but I will say that at some points it threatened to get a little bit out of his hands, but he reeled it back in. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I, I, I do want people to go and see this movie um so hopefully once Tej gets on maybe we'll spoil some stuff a little bit down the line uh about like the final fight and stuff but the 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 directions and the chances that he takes especially in the fights was unbelievable that final Tru- fight was so fucking good <laughs> truly unbelievable and it did things that no other rocky movie or in fact a creed movie which the you know creed one is essentially a cut and paste of of rocky but like yeah creed one is rocky six or yeah yeah, you know what it it, it, is like it it's rocky with a with a fresh coat of paint and he passes the torch yeah and i think that um but this really felt like its own sort of thing and it tried things that rocky films have just never artistically have never even tried to do and like look rocky one is one of the greatest success stories and you know sports movies and movies of all time but it really after a while became very formulaic in what it was and this is formulaic at times in its storytelling but the artistic choices that that Michael B. Jordan makes. And again, especially in the fight choreography and the storytelling within the fighting is unbelievable, man. Really is. Um, I would take some points off. This story really does take from movies that came before it, but you know, how many different directions can you go? This feels a lot like uh, the movie Warrior, which Dex, I don't know if you've seen, but is it is an incredible UFC movie, actually probably one of the best, if not the best UFC movie ever made. Takes a lot from that, you know, wayward brother-like character comes back, wants a title shot, mad at the world. Um, yeah, That's a very, like, done-before story in terms of, like, again, I'm not, like, a big anime guy. When I say I'm not a big anime guy, I mean I'm not an anime guy at all, but that's done in, like, a lot right. of animes. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, that's that kind of stuff has been definite like this is well trotted ground but it's well trotted for a reason like it works so yeah i mean it, it's worked in a ten thousand episodes of anime however but like there's so much <laughs> anime man <I> just <laughs> side note it, it we, we're talking about anime because michael b jordan if you haven't seen the interviews it's been all over the place he was heavily inspired by anime um just like many of us and I know he uh, he got mad at somebody on the red carpet for calling him corny in high school, but he's just a big nerd. It just turns out that that good looking uh, man that's built like an Adonis is actually just a nerd like the rest of us. So that's yeah. fun. That's fun he's to know. He's a nerd who had the discipline to work out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if we all had that, then we could have been Michael B. Jordan, but we don't. So <laughs> um, we none of us look like Michael B. Jordan, man. Let's. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, so he was heavily inspired by anime with these fight with the fight choreography. And that's not spoiling a lot. Once you watch it, you'll understand why. And he's talked about that in interviews. And I think when he 
showed Jonathan, he showed Jonathan Majors a fight scene from Naruto um, <laughs> to prepare for the final fight scene, which is just, it's an incredible like bit, like, sure. You know, like this is what we're going to do, which is something just hasn't been done in fight movies. And it's a really big swing by a first time director to do like, say, here's what I want to do with my movie. And yeah, for the most part, it worked. Um, I, I, but that being said, you could feel it, fill an ocean with what I don't know about anime. There is so much anime. It's unbelievable. Um, there's so, sorry guys. I'm not watching my hero academia. I'm not doing it. Nope. I, I just, I, you know, one punch man chainsaw man i'm i'm not doing it I'm I, sorry. there's so much there's <laughs> so much i tried to watch attack on titan it's like 80 50 minute episodes like i i just can't all the different naruto's jojo's bizarre adventure vinland saga like y'all sound like y'all one piece you know how many episodes of one piece there are too fucking many <laughs> it's like a thousand episodes of one piece so yeah, uh, I'm yeah, very yeah. glad that y'all are having a great time. And, and I'm glad that appreciate Michael Jordan this. did, you know, he watched it all and he got some great ideas. And then he brought them into one live action movie that I can sit down and watch in a movie theater. So that's what I did. I do want to talk about this with Tej further because I think he more so, and maybe you do too. I've never understood that Michael B. Jordan is like actually bad as an actor thing. And maybe I wasn't watching that closely. Um, but I always thought he's been like giving good performances and what he's done. Mostly I, I thought like, especially, but you know, my stuff is black Panther and Creed. Like, again, I haven't watched all of the wire. Um, but I will say that Tessa Thompson and Jonathan majors are kind of acting circles around him in this movie to well, me. Yeah, first. I mean, to, yeah, like, and that's not his fault. He has to carry, like I said, there's no Rocky in this movie to like sit there and deliver the exposition. You know what I mean? Also, He's not like, there. Jonathan majors is a better actor than you. Okay. Like, you yeah, know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, there were some line readings where he's trying to convey all this, like, emotion and stuff and like you said that it was just okay um <laughs> that would you know one more can we do one more you know what i mean uh i think it helps um definitely helps having ryan coogler in your corner if you're going to direct a for uh, a big franchise movie for the first time so obviously probably i mean i i don't know this but i'm sure that like he had bounced ideas off of him and uh, obviously he's a producer and helped write this movie so it helps to have ryan coogler in your corner um uh overall uh i think it, it this is anywhere from the i mean it's the second best creed movie i think it washes two completely out of the water if i'm being completely honest and maybe that's just the the glow of the movie theater coming off of me um but i just like how this looked on top of more so than the second one and flowed and uh, i was exhilarated by the my heart was pounding man um it was so dope man you saw this today 
No, I yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. Yeah, but I think this is anywhere from, you know, the it's anywhere from the third or fourth best Rocky Creed movie, I would believe. Um I am underqualified to answer that. I've only seen Rocky One and all the Creeds. <laughs> I've watched I've watched all the Rocky movies except for five because that apparent one is apparently ass. But um there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's anywhere from the I think it's anywhere from the third or fourth best Rocky, depending on how you actually feel about Rocky Four. Uh, those of you listening will probably understand that reference. Rocky Four is like one of the best worst movies. Um, they like go to Russia and end communism or in the Cold <laughs> War because of a fight for Victor Drago. Um, the so yeah, I, I think some of the story, some of the storytelling is a little flat at times. Some of the some of the dialogue isn't that great. But overall, Jonathan Majors just staring it into the abyss, like staring a hole into your soul, is a compelling cinema to me every single time. Yeah, and then he's man. like, he is just fucking Mike Tyson. He like looks like Tyson. Has the cadence at different times. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> insane um so i thought he and tessa thompson were very good uh we'll, we'll talk more about the jonathan majors of it all here in a second but to me i give it a b plus right now um actually you know what a minus i'm going a minus mm -hmm. um a minus with this one that's probably subject to come down as the year moves on but i just i left being blown away by how i felt after it and i kind yeah, of man. thought rocky movie without rocky you know what i mean by the way, th that's the other thing. Sylvester Stallone's nowhere to be found in this movie. Yeah, Come not on. even really mentioned all that much. No. I maybe once. I think yeah, he was mentioned like once. Like maybe like Rocky's not here or something like that. Like it was literally just like, okay, uh, this is about the black people now. Like, all the whites. Over there, <laughs> Caucasians to the back. <laughs> Joe the scammer memes. <laughs> When's the last time a non-British white person has been good at boxing? Anyway, can we just like, hey, look, <laughs> you said it, I uh, said it. <laughs> the 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 thing that I left feeling from this movie, though, too, after we watched you know, all the hype from a John Jones fight end in like two minutes last night. Oh man, that was so fun. Oh brother. Um, boxing hadn't been this exciting in like 30 years. Yep. I, I missed the feeling. <laughs> this is way more exciting than actual boxing is. And yes, I get it. It's a movie, but we got to restore the feeling in boxing, man. Yeah, bro. They had my boy Stephen A. Smith pop up, like, with the exclusive Adonis Creed interview. And I've been like, huh? <laughs> and then Jonathan Majors calls into the first take. I'm like, yo, boxing got to get back here, dog. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. And I don't, you know, I don't know much about boxing, but I know, and I actually know more about the UFC. Yeah. Just because it's one league. The UFC is so much easier to follow. I can't yeah. follow, like, the WBO, HBO, Showtime. I like the zone. Like, wait, I got to download an app to watch that. What is this shit? Super middle light, Bantam heavy champion. Like, nah, fam. Like, I, one champion. That's all I need. It, 
Yeah, the, the the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. So he had to win three other belts. It's like, go, <laughs> what? Yeah, I look, you weigh 205 pounds, you're going to fight John Jones, you're going to lose, and John Jones is the champion. Like, that's all I need. Like, right. UFC, keep it real simple. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so let's see. We are adding Tiege now. We'll get his review of it, actually. That's perfect timing, man. We'll see if we can get him in here. But no, anything else that you want to say before we get to TJ's review here in a second? Dex? Um, shout out to the daughter. I don't remember her real name, but Amara Creed in this movie. She was just amazing. She's and very I, good. Yeah. You know, you don't see a whole lot of deaf actors get this much screen time in a movie this big that's not like about deaf people. Yeah. You know, so like that was just a really cool like bit of representation and like she killed it. Um and you know we often talk about how child actors can be very bad on this <laughs> podcast but she was very good so shout out to her um mila davis or mila okay i i'm i haven't sorry i haven't read some mila davis kent um shout out to mila davis kent yeah she was great and we are joined by tj finley tj you text and you said we are watching the episode now i thought you said after and so i just started the podcast oh my no, bad. It's all right. Um, it's all right. TJ um, Finley joining us for the podcast, as always. Yeah, I gave an A. Royden gave an A minus. So oh, yeah, nice. your review. What do you nice. what's your review? I also give it an A minus. Uh I had a great time uh with Creed. My expectations were high, and I think they met them. Uh that kind of opening, uh, you kind of open on a in a flashback to uh, teenage Michael B. Jordan and 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 the Jonathan Majors character. And the way the feel of it, I could just tell like, okay, Michael B. Jordan has thought about some things as a director and he's making some good decisions. And I felt like throughout the movie, there were good decisions coming from behind the camera, which I really appreciated. That opening five minutes felt like a very cool episode of Snowfall. The soundtrack was lit, the way they used the watcher and built up to it. And then they dropped it. I thought that was so dope. I thought that was <laughs> incredibly dope way to start a movie. I called out uh, that same song, dude. I it, I told I was in the theater, like fucking head nodding, like going. That crazy. shit is fire. <laughs> the way they did that was just was just a great setup. Um, I know Michael B. Jordan gets bagged on for his acting, and I totally understand why people do it. But I just think that he's such a credible character. I think he's such a credible boxer. The way his body moves and the way that he looks, I think he just makes sense as a boxer. And I like how they have Jonathan Majors had a completely different fighting style and kind of mixing that up. I was a little scared about the, uh, obviously there were reports that because Michael B. Jordan is obsessed with anime, that the fights were going to be a bit inspired by anime. I thought it would take something from the Rocky slash Creed series. We're used to how they fight in the fighting style, but I thought it was a step forward. I thought it really worked. Mm-hmm. Um, no spoilers yet, but Michael B. Jordan makes a pretty major decision in the final set piece. He makes a big decision. And I thought it paid off. I thought I thought it was a I, I thought it was cool. You've obviously never seen anything like that in the Rocky movie before or a Creed movie before. I thought it worked great. They gave Tessa Thompson way more to do, which is pretty much my only issue with the first couple of movies is that Tessa Thompson is incredible and she's on on set and she's got nothing to do in these movies. She has a lot more to do in these movies as as Michael B. Jordan's character is trying to traverse these uh, things going on in his in his in his life and in his spirit and his mental health. Um, that that uh, has the great upside of having Tessa Thompson have a lot of stuff to do in the movie, which just worked, just really works. Tessa Thompson is very talented and very amazing. Uh, I, I enjoyed this film a lot. I, I don't 
maybe I wouldn't have it. Maybe the highs of it don't reach kind of the highs that they were able to capture on the first one with Kugler on set. But I know Kugler was involved. Uh, it looks like uh, Kugler and his brother were involved in the writing. So you could clearly see that there's still some, um, you know, some creative input from Kugler himself into the franchise. I thought they did a great. I thought it was a bit weird that they're having him retire because I felt like now that the you've reached this level with this franchise, why would you be trying to stop it? But it seems like Michael B. Jordan doesn't really have an interest in being the center of this franchise, or at least not from, you know, on from in front of the camera's perspective. It seems like he's, he- you say that, but then like Sylvester Stallone unretired and retired 18 That's times true. in the Rocky That's movies. True. So <laughs> like, and literally like just retired and unretired. Uh, I, I, I was just, I, I was very scared of a first time director directing one of these movies. I would, especially someone who happens to be acting in it. It's just not easy to do both those jobs. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a great job with the movie. I was really impressed by it. I had a lot of fun with it. I gave it an A minus. I got to find the second unit director now that you mention it, because when it, they never get enough credit for when the star also directs the movie. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find that, but no, so I, I did say Tej, and I, I don't know where you came, where you came in, or what. But the um, I think having Ryan Coogler in your uh, in your camp is like there's worse things to have as a first time filmmaker. Yeah, code. <laughs> yeah, that's literally a cheat code. That's playing with the game on a different mode. You could you could you could just see it, man. You could just see that you know that obviously Michael B. Jordan has been inspired by Coogler, and you can see Coogler was. A, a part of how they put the movie together uh and there were some decisions that were made that were just very smart i like the use of the flashback stuff i also think that they did a really nuanced way i'm pretty sure and I, let me know if y'all read it this way but i'm pretty sure what was happening with the character who he beats up in front of the gas station i'm pretty sure that character was like abusing him sexually that's how i that's how i i, I read that but they kind of talked over it and they kind of like the way he, he... explained it to his wife was Nobody should get, you know, no, he shouldn't have been beaten on us the way he was beaten on us. But I think there was some more uh, sexual nature of, of of that abuse, or at least that's what it felt like to me and how complicated they were making these feelings that the character was experiencing. That's how I read it the whole time. I could be wrong because they don't come out and say that. But I, I thought they did a really good job with how they presented it and handled it. And they didn't go over the top with it. And they didn't like try to hammer it home and have him have Michael B. Jordan do a five minutes soliloquy about being, you know, being sexually abused potentially. Oscar winning speech. Yeah. <laughs> it it could have gone so wrong. And I don't know, no disrespect to Michael B. Jordan. I don't know if he's the right actor to do that kind of emotional heft. I, I know like, that he is the not, way they did. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought they did a good job of having him like, obviously he's repressing these feelings and he doesn't really want to talk about it, which rings true, not just as a man or as an ex or as an athlete, but like, as a person. And so I thought they did a really good job of handling that in a way that set the, you know, the the lead of their movie up for success as opposed to putting too much on him that he couldn't handle. I just thought it was a really smart decision. The second unit director in this is a guy by the name of Clayton J. Barber. Um, and he did the stunts for stunt, stunt coordinator for a lot of uh, movies, including Black Panther and uh, the original Creed. Why uh, this is all the, all these people are just hanging out with the Michael B. Jordan and Kugler and Majors. All these people are they're, they're kind of setting up a collective. There was something that came out this week that said, you know, obviously Majors and Michael B. Jordan are really good friends, and they're going to be like, you know, have their own version of uh, De Niro and uh, and uh, Pacino in terms of appearing alongside each other uh, as opposites. And I'm I'm all for it. I, I thought that they had I'm really that. great chemistry 
on screen with each other. Like I, I just think that the the Michael my, uh, Jonathan Majors is such a talented actor that he really carries those scenes where you got to get into the shit that they've been through and where he sits. You know, at the scene where they're at that diner, the way Jonathan Majors plays it is just it's just perfect, bro. There, it's just a perfectly acted scene by Jonathan Majors. Perfect. There is something about it, and I was talking to. I believe my my uncle I was talking to about it and he said oh well, I just find that he is he's good I got to see more acting range out of him and I I just I had to disagree I think I think he has the potential to be great he does have the I think he said he had the potential to be great he just needed to see more range and I just like something about that guy I had to disagree because I'm sitting there like every single time he is on screen whatever quiet intensity stare thing I'm just like drawn to the screen it's like yeah. it's the it's like the whole video game meme where you lean in <laughs> yeah. and i just every time he's on screen <laughs> i'm like it's getting real Don't yeah i'm like stop talking shit is real now <laughs> i'm like who is that guy you know like what is you know i just and and it's that quiet intensity and he's not this guy yet or maybe never will be but we don't know it's the first time in a long time that i've seen an actor, a millennial actor have the same sort of quiet intensity and then switch up that De Niro had early on. Mm -hmm. And people are going to groan and roll their eyes. Like I just invoked the name of like the greatest actor of all time for this guy. But I'm serious, man. Watch it when he's like, when they're just eating across from each other and Michael B. Jordan is like you said, he's trying his best. He's delivering dialogue. He's having, I said earlier, it's no fault of his own, but he has to deliver a lot of exposition in this movie. A ton of exposition. Um, a ton. Uh, so he's, Which you know, kind of rare for like a third movie in a trilogy, honestly, like extremely rare. You don't usually right. get that much backstory in the third version, the third part of a story but you well, know there's a lot of exhibition he's got to do because we're using so much of what happened to him in the past and the viewer we don't we don't know what happened yet so a lot of expeditional weight on this plate i think unlike the other like the latter rocky movies where they eventually it was all about the the spectacle and the fight and uh, you know St sylvester stallone is zero percent body fat and sort of that became the story um and they use the fights to convey emotion. I think they really wanted to try and tell more of a story in this one mm -hmm. than let's get to, I'm going to fight Mr. T, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> uh, but going back to my original point, I, there's something with Jonathan majors where he's just staring and he just kind of does, he just grins or he like grunts or acknowledges. And it just, there's something about it. It's so it's, it, I don't know what it is, man. Just when you have it, you have it. And I think a lot of people are starting to take notice of that. Um, uh, so yeah, very, very much. So also Michael B. Jordan uh, pulled a hanger jet. That is the thing that happened. And it was fucking yes. awesome. hell. Yeah, brother. It was <laughs> so fucking awesome. I was like, Oh shit. He's pulling that jet. Uh, obviously. <laughs> well, it's been well said on this podcast. I have a huge affinity for, uh, the montage. So whenever we get that get into that montage mode, uh, they dropped the J Cole song, and I was like, "Oh, that's dope." J Cole sounds great rapping over the Watcher beat. That I'm, I'm into that. Uh, <laughs> then later they dropped the Big Sean song. I had to take up points for that because I don't know why. <laughs> Dad said he liked it. Yeah. Him. Don't I was call so... Big Sean for your big movie soundtrack, please. Just don't do that. Just never. I was so that. into the movie that it worked for me, despite it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Big Sean is like the. 
don't even know. I can't even think of like a good like sports parallel because like he's just had so many opportunities time and time again. He's just blown them all. He's like Damian Lillard. (laughs) He's he's Paul George. He's Paul Paul George. He is Paul Paul George. George. Because you you would look at him and you would be like, you have all the tools. You should be an amazing basketball. You are an amazing basketball player. You should be one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. You're just fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not in the cards. (laughs) I don't know why. I can't explain. Like, you're just not that guy. Like, you know, you have all the tools. It should all be there. I've seen you a million times on the biggest stages. You just don't have it. But somehow, this big Sean song worked for me. Like, Michael B. Jordan pulled that off for me. I will say this, and I know that they were trying to distance themselves, uh, I guess, as much from Rocky as they possibly could. Uh, And I will say, I don't think they would have had they would have had Rocky in this movie if he wasn't in some weird contract dispute with the producers over the rights of actual Rocky. So um, I don't think it was any fault of the filmmakers meaning the people that the creatives behind this that they didn't have rocky in here that they didn't have stallone but go ahead yeah i i definitely agree with that i i you could you could kind of feel rocky's absence at certain points in the movie where you knew this is where rocky would normally show up and tell him you know do this as opposed to doing that and you felt that absence but i didn't i thought to that end it didn't over it didn't overshadow because he wasn't there it didn't overshadow at it at all agreed I will take points off for, and I'm. This is not even my take. I'm just completely stealing this take from Amanda Dobbins on the big picture. They didn't play the fucking Rocky music. <laughs> <laughs> what are we I doing? Was, I was a bit frustrated by that. Come there's, on, there's just one dun 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 dun. Nothing. Not there's there's hints of it in the J Cole song. There's like parts of the of the song are in there. But no, you got to play the Rocky song, bro. Like you, I know you're trying to distance yourself, but just a couple beats of the song is all we really need, bro. When That's all was, we needed. When he was pulling that, hang it, you couldn't have done. Just a couple like, beats of it. That's all we needed, man. I, I, I will take off punch leg. I thought about that the whole time in the final fight sequence. I was like, we haven't heard one part of that Rocky song when they're out here in the in the an outer realm where they were just the two of. <laughs> We could have had a couple beats of Eye of the Tiger in there. We could, it would have worked. I uh, when they at the end of the montage, obviously it's a Rocky movie. He runs up something and like lifts his arms or whatever. They show you that he's like <laughs> top of the Hollywood side, and I was like, well, there goes that. Like, fuck that. Like, I can't run up the Creed Mountain. Like, get <laughs> out of here, I went to Philly. I ran up the Rocky Steps. I did the thing. I took the picture, but I can't run I can't up the run fucking up the Creed Mountain. The Creed Mountain and pose in front of the Hollywood sign. Like, get the fuck out. You get arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is um, illegal now. No, so they yeah they didn't play the they didn't play the Rocky music. Obviously, I think at the very end there is like parts of the original score um, that are still left in there. But yeah, the whole the beats that you know aren't in there. So uh, give me the Rocky music, man. What are we doing? Can we can we go spoilers Agreed. now? Can we, yeah, can we go uh, let's go loud. Let's uh, going in hot. <laughs> Wep- weapon set to kill. If you have right. not seen this film, go see it. And if you have not seen this film, pause it right here and then jump back into it after you see right. it. Right. Okay. So um, what did you want to spoil? I imagine it has to do with the final fight scene. That's or... just fucking ruled, dude. Like ruled. They, get... <laughs> ruled. <laughs> they uh... dudes rock. That rocked. <laughs> 
they get through like the first one or two rounds of the fight. I don't remember. And then they like send them to the ancestral plane. They're just beating the fuck out of each other like in an anime fight. Just them in the middle of Dodger Stadium, just fucking each other up. Like no crowd, no nothing. Just them in Dodger Stadium. Fucking shit's like flying out of nowhere. They're like they're beating each other into like cages that are popping up and shit. I think Michael B. Jordan gets beat like into a jail cell at one point or something. Like that shit was dope, man. I one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a fighting movie. Like, to lead into that, I knew that he had he I knew he had what it took. Uh when he <laughs> when they're looking across the ring from each other and it like burns the watermark of their younger selves onto him. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, I liked <laughs> like I'd never <laughs> seen that done. It like it threw me, it made me emotional a little bit. I was like, this has a lot more heart to it than I originally thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then of course they do the thing in anime, you know, when somebody gets punched in anime and it's like, oh, like it's just like yeah, he did a lot of that punch. And it's like his eyes are coming out. Michael B. Jordan's eyes are coming out of his head. And it's like <laughs> slow-mo. It was unbelievable. It was so they, fucking cool. They made so many decisions with the fighting. I had never, I've seen a, a ton of, ton of, ton of boxing movies. I have never seen some of the stuff they did. Even in the fight where uh, uh, the, the, the Jonathan Majors character gets the championship fight, the first championship fight. Uh, when he's punching, it's and he's like, punching and like hitting him in places where it's like hurting his arm but he's like punching him on the side of the arm and you're seeing the 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 arm muscle and the and like you could see that he's causing damage i had never really seen that before you don't punch people in the arms like you don't punch people in the shoulder on purpose but like he was doing that and obviously we are we are told okay he's cheap what he's doing is a bit cheap but like it's effective it's actually working it really worked and, and that was my biggest fear coming to the movie is like you can't jeopardize what people really come to the movies for to see these Rocky slash Creed movies. They want to see the fights. And I thought that they did enough to, they didn't, you know, make it totally anime where we're not watching a superhero movie or something like that. They just, you can tell they just play with it on the edges. And I thought it was a step forward. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously he makes a big decision in the final set piece. Like we said, it totally worked for me. And I think what, what's so smart about what they did with the movie is obviously you're watching a movie about a fighter, you know it's going to end in a big fight. It's like the fight is the ultimate conflict resolution. Rocky fights Drago, and that's the end of the movie. You don't see Rocky going to the locker room and have a conversation with Drago about their past beef or, or, or pushing past the thing. But the movie that they made, you knew as soon as the fight was over, you know Michael B. Jordan's going to the locker room to have a conversation with him. You just know it because it's like we're not going to have the fight be, the, you know, be the thing that is a part of the conversation. Obviously, it's a part of the conversation of them finding the common ground, but you knew they had to have a conversation. You knew they had to sit down and have a conversation. And you don't usually get that at the end of a fight movie. And you knew it was coming because they direct they did the movie in a way that you know the emotional heft of this story means as much to us as the fighting. I just think that's really smart. And I think it's really it makes it different than most fighting movies that you've ever seen because we, that conversation had to happen and the movie really benefited from the fact that that conversation happened. Yeah, and I love a- that, like, the conversation, it did have to happen, and it happened, but it still felt like a real conversation that, like, these two men would have with each other. Like, Michael B. Jordan didn't show up and then, like, hit 
Jonathan Majors was like a bunch of shit he just learned in therapy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he showed up. Yeah, these two just like, beat the shit out of each other for 12 <laughs> rounds. Yeah, yeah like, he wasn't like, I've I've learned more healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah, like, I want to make sure you have the bandwidth to have this conversation right now. Like, none of that shit. He was just like, you know, hey, like, it is what it is. Basically, like, you know, I got you. You got me. Like, we went through some fucked up shit. Like, you know, like these two masculine, like very masculine, like very sheltered men who like don't want to like one of those been in prison for 18 years like he doesn't want to be out here talking about his feelings and shit Jonathan Majors is sitting there like he has no idea what to say because like he's never had a conversation like this before you know uh like that just felt so like not real. talking a lot about his feelings in prison yeah like Jonathan Majors isn't sitting there in prison like you know uh I want to unpack all of our trauma <laughs> like you know what I'm saying he was in there fighting for his fucking life and that's why he was able to come back as like the one fucking champion boxer because he was in there fighting for his fucking life so yeah them being like still pretty toxic like toxically masculine men like having this conversation like knowing that they needed to have it i like i was like that's just so fucking good man that's such a good choice i will say the funniest thing to me about these movies and it happens i'm not taking points off for this but it happens in every rocky movie where it's like this man gets a title shot. Why? Because I said so. It's like, he was just in prison. <laughs> and they do a good job of making, oh, he was a former Golden Gloves winner and all that stuff. Like, that would be plausible, I guess. Boxing but is no, the one no. place where you can put that shit in a movie and the shit is credible. Boxing, they will let anything fucking happen in boxing. If people will watch it, they will put anybody in that ring. They'll put your grandma in the ring right now if enough people want to download the and app. Fucking Jake it. Paul is the biggest boxer on the planet. That, that stinks. <laughs> yeah, but Jake Paul is inviting fucking Anthony Joshua. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> if this is if this is a basketball movie and all of a sudden someone who just got out of prison was like, I want to be the NBA, NBA champion. Give me a court right now. Give me a try with the Clippers right fucking now. Like, Give me one work. game for the NBA <laughs> championship. Me and Steph Curry going one, one on one. to be game seven of a, of a playoff series. <laughs> the jailbird gets in there. He's supposed to play like two minutes. All of a sudden, he scores like 50 points. It was People would be like, boo, ew. <laughs> like, this story stinks. <laughs> also, like, love the uh, how we just kind of skipped over the whole, like, I Tanya of it all. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. That's the whole, that's the whole plot. <laughs> yeah, this fucking Nancy Kerrigan shit going. Like, Jeez. I'm going to fuck up the <laughs> contender. Who they brought back, by the way, they brought a lot of people back. I love that scene with him and Drago when they were sparring. That was so dope, bro. That was, <laughs> I, I, I really liked that. But to your point, TJ, uh, you know, that, that these fights end. Yeah. And the, uh, that's how the, they have evolved. And I think we have sort of evolved as moviegoers is that we want to see more depth, I think, to these characters. And that can only sometimes be done through dialogue because at the end of the Rocky movies, I love Rocky four, but it is, I just solved communism. And now I get to make a speech to a bunch of Russia. If I could change and you could change. He gets, to make, cinema. he gets to make this triumphant speech. You know what I mean? Or he goes out on top and like, hey, you not did it. And that's it. <laughs> now it's like, now, now we got to go live with these consequences that I just beat up 
my former best friend. You know what I mean? Um, one thing I will say a logic leap in this too. Are we supposed to believe that like this fight takes place a couple of years later? Because by that time, he, this wouldn't be Dame's second fight, right? Like, I mean, if his first fight was for the championship, then I guess not. But like, he comes out with all three belts, so it seems to me uh, like there was a bunch a, of. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of time that passed. Got before, it. But they didn't do a good job of conveying like how much time had passed before. I will say, Michael B. Jordan isn't that old, and they kept saying you're old as shit. They literally <laughs> kept on making a point to, to keep. And I was like, is he though? Because he's like thirty three. Yeah, he's not that old. It, it was weird that they were that was such a big part of the storyline. It was like, all right, but I'm thinking about the future of the series. If there is a future of the series, are they setting up the fact that the daughter is going to be the new Creed? Are, are I they? I gotta hope so. Are they tossing to Jonathan Majors for a movie, and then we can toss to the daughter because the Jonathan Majors is still in the universe, and obviously he's, he's kind of unlikable. I mean, he's likable because he's Jonathan Majors, but he's a big piece of shit in this movie yeah. i mean he literally went full time to harding like he literally hired a goon <laughs> came in there and broke somebody's fucking arm and yeah. they literally focused on the guy who did it i was like why did they show him like that closely like well, it's not somebody we know and it was like oh oh that's he paid that guy <laughs> paid that's but look okay so work with me here amara won all right michael b jordan adonis creed dead out of here dead Dead. For, this Damn. is for, this for he can be in the one. corner. I'm yeah. I'm, why, don't, why don't we? Why don't we have him play the Rocky role and be in her corner? Because fucking Dame is gonna be in her corner. Oh hell yeah, brother! <laughs> you see? Oh, you see? I like that. Dame like is that. gonna be in her corner. All right. Adonis is gonna die. We're skipping way ahead. We're skipping like like two twenty years ahead. All right. Adonis is gonna a lot die. Of CTE in this, I guess, because yeah. he dies at fifty. Like, what happens? Yeah, who cares? Death happens. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> As so, it yeah. does for all of us. <laughs> Her mom doesn't want her to fight still to this day. Uh, so fucking Wood Harris doesn't want her to fight either because he, know, he knows that her mom doesn't want her to fight. So she's like, give me Dame. Dame, teach me how to beat the fuck out of some people. And then we go from there. If she adopts Dame's fighting style but mixes in the Creed kind of swift athleticism and with the sleek boxing with the Dame just charging bull style, you got to hit on our hands. I think I'm into this. I, I think say, I'm into this. The Tyson, he is literally Tyson in this movie. And yes. like, I have never yes. seen a guy, like Michael B. Jordan's in, in fantastic shape. Don't get me wrong. It's it's unbelievable the way that Jonathan Majors looks in this movie. It's crazy. It's the truly unbelievable. Is- we haven't even got like the peak physical Jonathan Majors movie no. yet because magazine, magazine dreams, dreams is gonna yeah. be movie. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I I cannot believe the way that he that he looks in this movie and just the yeah the just he's one literally one punching people you know obviously he's not <laughs> but like. That first fight lasts like three rounds. He beat the shit out of that man. Bro, that sparring session, he had the heavyweight champion in hell. I said, oh, no, this, <laughs> this is not going so well for the chip over here. I Literally, don't know, man. Is this if, I see, <laughs> if I see somebody like that looks like Jonathan Majors hop in the ring, I'm like, no, someone else, please. Yeah, can we get please? a different sparring partner, please? Yeah. There is you no one the, else. Well, then I quit. The real star <laughs> of this movie, unfortunately, I hate to say this, this is not one of my agendas. 
but the Stephen A. Smith scene stole. <laughs> Hell yeah. He was so funny, bro. When Michael B. Jordan is like doing this little lead in, you know, he's like a he's like polished and trained. He's been on TV before. He's so had he's media training. Yeah, he's done media. So he's doing the lead in, you know, setting up the story before he drops the big thing that like I'm actually challenging Dame. In the middle of this, Stephen A. Smith is like, "You got to be talking about Dame." I know you're talking about. <laughs> and I was laughing so hard because it was so it was so Stephen A. Smith. It was so perfect, bro. You can't I, I really hear the Stephen this. A. Smith on national television. <laughs> <laughs> He said, let me tell you what they've been saying about you on the street. They've been saying you're old. <laughs> <laughs> They're killing you in the quote tweets. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> that scene was fucking incredible, man. Perfect. Uh, they're fucking you up in the quote tweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, Please put yeah, that. And I hate this. Stephen A. Smith, Smith doing the best. Put him in everything. Doing the he he's so good he could do the version of himself just be yourself you know what I mean <laughs> like that's no different than what we see that's how I know that he uh, is it kayfabe like he <laughs> like it's it's all an act for Stephen because he just can constantly doing the character he, he, he was incredible what makes work, good man. television man like Stephen A Smith knows. Oscar campaign starts now that was incredible Best supporting work actor did, so far incredible work we got to start tweeting that let's try and make that campaign <laughs> yes we're, we're starting tweet that at, campaign <laughs> tweet at Stephen A Smith best supporting actor we can at least get him a golden globe nomination i'm dead at <laughs> least bro <laughs> we he has that, he now has power. his sag card right like <laughs> Minimum, we can get him a Golden Globe nomination. I know we can pull this off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the training montages obviously are awesome. Um, they do, you know, they said he was old and I was just thinking he's not that old. But at certain points, I think they did a really good job. I guess it was like a mustache and a beard can change a lot of things. Yeah, but he him, did look haggard at one he point. Made him look haggard. And also they changed the way he's dressing like in the beginning. You know, he when he's not in shape, he's like wearing more loose fitting clothes. But obviously, he starts to put on the very tight Michael B. Jordan suits as he starts to get into shape. That I hated that they so lied to me. I hated they lied to me like that. Trying Michael B. Jordan has gotten soft and returned. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I hated that they had this man in the, the suit hoodie combo, bro. I hate that shit. Don't do That's that. That's a nasty combo. I really <laughs> don't. We have to stop do doing that. that. Please. Suit hoodie. I've never done that. Keep I, that I, away I, from me and my family. Please. Yeah. Look, hey. It didn't work for Michael B. Jordan. It's not going to work for any of y'all. Don't do it. Facts. Post uh, post pandemic, we're all cozy boys now. I don't know if anybody knows. You can we just wear, wear the hoodie straight up. Yeah. You don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Especially best thing about the pandemic. <laughs> Dex, you've said this about professional sports, but just in real life, like, yeah, you go into the office, like, but most people now are just like doing what we're doing. And like, this is just what everyone wears now. Yeah. Like people don't uh, do. Does anybody own jeans? Look, I do. I love, but I'm, I'm I love a good pair of for jeans for special occasions because I'm 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 cozy boys. I'm wearing yoga pants everywhere I go, bro. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, yeah, the the hoodie suit combo. Get that shit out of here. Don't let that be a thing. Um, shout out to all the actors for doing the ASL. Yeah, yeah. great job. Yeah, that was really cool. Um. I want I more ASL and everything. It showed up that we we had a deaf characters and The Last of Us, which is yeah. pretty dope. And I just think that we need more deaf characters because it's a I I it's such a smart decision, uh, just based on the movie because Michael B. Jordan gets to communicate with the daughter, which is stuff that's very cute and very well 
comes off very well on screen, but having him do sign language just makes it even cuter to be like, this I'm communicating. When when uh, Dante comes to the house and he's got to talk to the daughter and they're translating for him, basically, it's just like, it just works very well. It's like, it's it's incredible. But you bring somebody to your house and have them on your family. You don't want them, to, you don't want to know that they're going full Tanya Harding, like in their, in their personal <laughs> life, in their business profession. You don't want that, bro. I will say, I will say Majors does this thing where, like I said, he's the quiet intensity. And like the, the reason I said De Niro, because like all of a sudden, like De Niro would snap. You know what I mean? Like it just like would shift and at the drop of a hat. And he does that in this to where all of a sudden he now, he, after he wins the fight, you know, and he's pulled <laughs> off the, the, the heist of a century. It, it is like, he just goes into this charismatic guy. Now it's insane the way that he's a, he switches up that character. You know what I mean? That man is the heavyweight champion. He's like, listen, I don't need you anymore. Right. uh, Baby Creed. I'm literally the heavyweight champion. What can you say? Also like shout out to just all the groupies in the world. Like just immediately to this beach party. (laughs) Instantly. (laughs) Immediately. And also he now has a penthouse. Like after one fight, he has like a penthouse uh, in LA. Like, like how do you even do like the splits for the fight at that point? Like how much do you get? Like you just showed up. No, he got his fight purse. He didn't get any of the pay-per-view. You kidding me? We're not giving this felon half the (laughs) pay-per-view. Like, yeah, like what? I damn man, like that. Just all these people. Never seen this man. This man ain't got no car. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Like he had to get his ankle monitor taken off at the fight. (laughs) And literally at the fight. Oh, so man. y'all just like he won the championship. I'm gonna go hang out with him. He must be dope. Like, um, I heard this man say one word. Everybody had to be. Also, the guy willing to take a fall that just must have gotten out of prison too. Why? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna be the champ. I'm gonna break you off. When I uh, don't, don't worry, brother. I, I know this might sound crazy, but I'm going to be the champ. So, and dude's like, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Yeah, I trust you. I'm beach ass. So. Yeah. <laughs> You can't whoop my ass, so you know that, that that would be incredible to actually mean that. <laughs> yeah. Um, T, do you want to? Anyone? T, do you want to fix boxing really quickly? Because we're at a terrible problem, and Dex and I talked about this before you came on. This movie is so much entertaining, more entertaining than I- any boxing match has been in the last like twenty five years. Boxing is. Don't even get me started on uh, all the problems <laughs> with boxing, but yes. These, I mean, this is boxing movies are inherently way more compelling than the actual boxing sport movies is. are so cool because again, you have the ultimate conflict resolution. Two people are going to get in there and fight and settle the differences. It's compelling. It just it's like Shakespearean in, in the way that it's presented. So obviously, people love boxing movies. Uh, whereas real boxing is not so Shakespearean at all. It's actually very corrupt and nasty. And the fights that people want are just die. Just they they don't get those fights. Because everybody's got so much power, the the fighters, the top level fighters have so much power, and the promotions have so much power that they can basically make things that happen or not happen, and it sucks because the the fans get to dictate what fights that they want to see, and that's how it should be. But instead, it doesn't work like that most of the time, and that's the biggest problem with boxing. And second of all, when you can see someone get head kicked into the abyss, it's just hard to be like, I'm actually going to just watch boxing where they can only use their hands because you could literally be just turn the channel and watch someone's head get kicked off into the audience. Who doesn't want to see that? 
I watched fucking a big French dude get choked out last night. That's dope, That's man. Like, I said dope. this on Twitter and our, our good friend, Brad Brown, you know, I said for better or for worse, a boxing match isn't ending in two minutes for better or for worse. Yeah. You're going to get your pay-per-view money out of that. True. But he said, you know, surely there's no, there's no, uh, someone that can be named that, you know, had a video game named after him that this would, this would be the difference. And I said, man, brother Tyson hadn't been in that ring in 20 years. (laughs) There has not been a Mike Tyson that has come in. (laughs) No. And it's also, it's, it's, and I don't watch a ton of boxing. So boxers that are actually listening to this are probably getting mad at me. But what I do watch is for the longest time, Floyd Mayweather was the biggest boxer on the planet. It was so boring to me, a casual fan watching a Floyd Mayweather fight. Because like you said, I could just switch to watch UFC, somebody get roundhouse into the abyss. And this is Floyd Mayweather. I'm going to, I'm going to technical you to death for 13 for 12 rounds or whatever. Yeah. I mean, really the whole thing with Floyd Mayweather was more like the story of can this be the guy who finally beats Floyd, beats Floyd Mayweather's Mayweather. ass? Because we want, like, you want to see <laughs> Floyd Mayweather get his ass kicked. Like, you know, at least most people, like, are like, this guy fucking sucks. I'm tired of his shit. I want to see him get his ass kicked. Can Canelo Alvarez be the one to finally beat Floyd Mayweather's ass? No. no. Spoiler Floyd alert, no. <laughs> can Manny Pacquiao finally beat Floyd Mayweather's ass? God damn also, it. No. I have a story <laughs> about that. The I don't y'all probably watched that fight, but we all chipped in for a pay per view. That was the biggest waste of money, and we sat there for hours watch trying to watch that thing. And I have never been so bored by a sporting <laughs> event. I I was looking at everybody, and everybody's like, "Yeah, like yeah," getting all hyped up when something would happen. And I'm just looking at it, I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Like I was just like, "Oh, I hate that." That's like the worst sporting event I think I've watched in forever. I watched that was in like 2013. I watched the John Jones fight last night. I was at a Hooters because I was with my little brother who's 18, (laughs) couldn't get into like actual bars. So, dudes rock. That shit was so much fun, man. (laughs) Like, first of all, the Shevchenko fight, nobody saw that shit coming. Like, we weren't even really paying attention when it happened. I didn't see that shit coming at all. That was insane. (laughs) Because, holy fuck. And then the John Jones fight, everybody. You know, it's late into the night at that point. Everybody drunk already. Like, so, like, John Jones choked this man out in two minutes. And, like, the place went fucking nuts. I've never heard a restaurant that loud in my life. That shit was so much fun. Oh, man. Um, UFC is just better. It just is. It's a better product. Another thing, too, we all know where the fighters are. You know what I mean? And and, and they're not going to be able to... They, obviously, they're they're saying have some level of power, but if, if Dana really wants to fight to happen, it's going to happen. Like, like the fight's going to happen. So if the fans really want to fight, they're going to get that fight. And that except something. Francis Ngannou, we're just never going to get Francis. Never going to get Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. It's just not happening. Don't even get me started. That makes me so sad. I need it. I need it. <laughs> Why? Because so Ngannou just doesn't want to do it. Ngannou is like it's not chat. an organization anymore. He's like, I hear my demands. You can meet them, and the demands are basically treat me like a human being, and 
Dana was like, ha, no. Like a human being, never in my life would I do such a thing. Yeah, he's like, why so, would I have to do that? <laughs> so contract talks, contract uh, talks stalled because uh, Francis wanted basic human rights and dignity. <laughs> God forbid that happened. So I will didn't. say that about the UFC, better product, brother. That is, there's some nasty shit going the on. UFC is extremely UFC. nasty. Dana White is a nasty, nasty, nasty man, bro. Nasty. Hey, bro. Sometimes monopolies have good things in them. <laughs> I mean, that's true. There is a benefit. Yeah. There ain't gonna and be then... no super fight that people want to see. That's just not gonna get made. You just got them going out there fighting other bums just so they can sell some pay-per-views. If, as soon as the, the fans identify the two people they want to fight, that fight's going to happen. Yeah, it's like, you know, is Apple a monopoly that'll crush, like, world economies or whatever? Yeah, but also, I can unlock my phone with my face. So <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of innovation I like. <laughs> also, we took a picture in a dark bar without a flash last night. That's That ruled. Yeah. Monopoly. Uh, some good, some bad, you know? <laughs> Actually, most bad, but you, you're willing to you're willing to live. There's no such thing as ethical capitalism. Uh, Amazon factory workers have shitty lives, but I can order something right now and have it here tomorrow. So, you know, uh, no such thing as ethical capitalism. Anyway, Give and take. Um, so, yeah, that has been Creed three. I this that movie, that movie rocks, man. <laughs> I, that's uh, I like. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you talked about the box office at the beginning, but man, a yeah. hundred million dollar opening for a sports movie is insane. Insane, yes, sir. You dudes know, really through, rock. Dudes dude, rock. Dudes rock. There was and somebody. Dudes, I'm sure there were a lot of women in there that were looking at all the man meat paws on the screen uh, <laughs> because they were naked a lot and they were yeah you know, boxing there's, a lot. There was one scene where like Michael B. Jordan just took his shirt off for no reason, and I was like, okay, I respect the move. Like I would do that too. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would do the I would do thing. that too. I would do that too. <laughs> I went by myself. I wasn't gonna take my girl to this. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I got this. I got it. I'm good. But I did sit next to a couple. Um, it was really cool to see there was a lot of like dads taking their sons and stuff, which I that's that's cool, you know what I mean. Um, but there was a, there was a couple that sat next to me and, uh, you know, and they were having a good time watching the movie. But at one point, one of the, the dudes is, I, this is why I keep saying dudes rock the guy in the, in the couple was just like, when he went down, when Michael B. Jordan went down, he goes, get up Creed. I wanted to look. I wanted to dab him up. I was like, "Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Hell yeah, brother!" <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, get up! Like, he was just he was invested. I'm uh, finishing. I'm finishing my Oscar movies this week, so uh, it's a good time. I got women talking tomorrow, and I got uh, all quiet on uh, Thursday. I think or Friday and Scream Six is coming out. This real cinema is really bad. Uh, I might have to mainline Scream because it seems like that's just going to dominate everything. Yes, we're not, yes, we're yes. going to have to review you, it, I guess, because we didn't really review have the last to watch, one. Just watch the first one and the fifth one. Well, I, you should watch all of them, but if, if you don't do it in time for the movie to come out, just watch yeah. the first one and the fifth one. You can catch up on the other ones, but you, that'll give you a good lay of the land and a good lay of where they currently stand because uh, Scream 5 is obviously a reboot. Yeah, you can just read what happens in 2, 3, and 4 and be all right. Yeah. Okay. So I think Scream 6 then next, probably. We'll uh, take a look at that. It will be interesting. We got a lot of, we have like two Guy Ritchie movies coming out within 
the next couple of months. We have literally b- b- before summer, he has two yeah. movies, which is that's crazy. crazy. Jillian, what's the other one? The Jake Gyllenhaal one, and there was a um, a heist movie with another heist movie with Jason Statham that I think came out this week. Oh, that's Guy Ritchie. Oh yeah. shit! Okay. He put out I, two I movies within Statham a month movie. of each other. Very weird. I didn't realize that was Guy Ritchie though. That's yeah. okay. That Jake um, Gyllenhaal one looks extremely serious, and I don't say that as a compliment. I, it <laughs> looks really self-serious, man. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Gyllenhaal and UFC, did y'all see all that shit where he was like... I did see all Roadhouse. that. Roadhouse. Okay. Conor McGregor's going to be in this film, uh, and I can't wait. I, I, I'm in. I, I'm fucking is it in. Star- is wait. it starring McGregor or is it starring Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal. It's starring Gyllenhaal, but okay. Conor McGregor is like a... He's not He's not just like a, a random guest in the movie. He has like a, apparently like a role. part of the movie. Yeah, uh, I need the uh, Hollywood steroids because Jake Gyllenhaal is 43 and he looks insane. Yeah, he, he is jacked, dude. That guy is fucking jacked. Um, so Scream's coming out. Uh, there's also like, it's going to be a really crazy March and April because then we have Scream. We have uh, Oscar. What, Oscars will be that second week. Yeah. yeah, Oscars is next week. And then what's... Uh, shazam is coming out i know like we're big fart noise but like it's gonna uh, also make uh, money yeah that first so, film is good i haven't I like, seen a good i film. like the first shazam uh these trailers for the second film look like absolute butt and i'm not just saying that because they use eminem in the trailers <laughs> i like just can't get over uh what's his name zachary levi uh yeah he stinks tanking the tanking the production not the production but the the uh the Q rating will yeah. no the goodwill of this movie, yeah. That too. Why is he but doing I was that? I like just thinking about specifically the trailer, him sitting there telling Heron, Helen Mirren, who is in all the Fast and Furious movies, that he's seen all the Fast and Furious movies. I was like, I the the Hollywood worlds are colliding too much for me. Like I need these franchises to stay stay to themselves. Don't don't touch. Right. Fast 10 is about to change my life. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> oh, that's so coming fucking, out too. I'm... Fucking fucking ready. Yeah, we're yet we're have we have a summer of a few weeks in July where we have Bob Barbie Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Oh my fucking god, I'm gonna buddy! I can't cinema. wait for the Barbie Oppenheimer <laughs> double feature. <laughs> I cannot wait, bro. <laughs> that's going to be just a time and a half. Barbie Oppenheimer double feature. That is going to be incredible. Incredible <laughs> cinema. I cannot fucking wait. Going from Margot Robbie to Florence Pugh, like just this is this is my time. Oh, here's what it is. In March, we have we have uh Creed 3 uh Scream 6 Shazam and then at the end of the month it's John Wick Chapter 4. <laughs> John Wick 4. Uh, real I gotta watch the other John Wick movies. I've always seen we are blessed, one. bros. We are yeah, extremely blessed. Before we do four. 2023 then, is going to be a great year in movies, man. It already has been so far. It's been great. And then coming out in April, we have Air, that movie that, about uh, marketing Jordans, which the sure. Motor found Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, uh, perfect song choice in that trailer. That every yeah. time that shit bangs. Every time I've seen that trailer, it fucking bangs. I'm sorry, it just does. Super Mario Bros. movie, which I'm actually kind of in on, even Dude, though it's not gonna lie, it looks dope. Yeah, <laughs> it looks. It's an hour and thirty minutes. I respect oh, that. It I looks am dope. so in. It's perfect, yeah. bro. Hundred percent in now. <laughs> I do like the Air movie where it's like, let's have white people explain basketball sneakers to the audience. <laughs> yeah, but hey, Matt Damon's in it. I'm gonna watch it. Babe. Sure. <laughs> 
Directed by Ben Affleck, like I'm a movie that he didn't write. Okay, I'm good. I'm in. All right. So that is uh that is a one take podcast. You can find us at one take pod on Twitter, one take pod on Instagram. The like. You can send us an email if you want to, uh, at one take podcast show at gmail.com. I check that every quarter. And uh <laughs> yeah, you can you can find us at Lord Dex Hinton at less underscore humble teach. You can go to Slander You Podcast, find them there, and uh, find Dex's writing on ApolloHOU.com. You can also buy some merch. You can buy a One Take Podcast t-shirt. Use promo code ONETAKEPOD, O-N-E-T-A-K-E-P-O-D, for 20% off, I believe. 10. No, 10. Sorry. I misspoke. Reel it in. Reel it in. Roll it back. Sorry. Take that one back, Apollo. Don't you know you can take the sniper down? I didn't mean to give away more than <laughs> O N E T A K E P O D for ten percent off any merch in that store. Apollo H O U dot com. Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Oppenheimer's coming out. Dune's coming out. A good person is coming out this month. I'll probably go see it just because you know I feel I feel obligated. But Zach Braff directed it. I don't want to watch it. Whatever. But Florence Pugh's in it, so. She was killing well, some Valentino looks. I will say that. Kang you was, saw the videos. Catch, Kang was catching more bodies as the villain in Creed than he was as the villain in Ant-Man. Ah, shut <laughs> up. When he broke that dude's arm, that's the most damage that he caused in either film to anyone. Uh, and I just want to put that out there. So if you're still listening this late in the podcast, there, there you go. Kang is a liar. Kang is not him. We're done. We're out. <laughs>